that you're born an Italian If you want your life to be great See that you're born an Italiano And your life will be great Hey there, Paisani. Welcome back to another episode of the Italian American Podcast. I'm John Viola. I have my partner in crime, the Notorious P.O.B., with me in the passenger seat today for what I am sure is going to be a wonderful episode. Can I have a theme song? Yeah, you need a theme song bad. Like, get down with P.O.B., yeah, you know me. (laughs) (laughs) When I was in high school, it was like the catwalk. I'm too sexy for, you know, you're too young for that song. I know I'm too sexy. I, no, I'm uh, too yeah. sexy. That was my theme song. But as I, as I mature, <laughs> I don't know if I'm too sexy is still an appropriate theme song. That would be an interesting one. Get Down with P.O.B. might be a more appropriate theme song. You know, I was thinking about this. I was thinking about the move. into. I went to the new studio space in Little uh I'm against all this. Yeah. I, I know. I know. I know you're on the record. Everybody I'm, in the audience I'm in a knows. T-shirt and shorts right now. I don't need to see people. But wait a minute. You know what you would tell me? Yeah, here we go. In any other endeavor go. that we participate in together, you would say, like, when we go on business trips, even if we're running late for a meeting, you shave, right? No, I do shave. I don't shave every morning. And you always say that when you put on a suit, which you do, and you put on the right shirt, and it's custom fit, and this and that, it, it elevates your professionalism. I don't need and- to be elevated. I'm, I'm finding <laughs> a little hopper. I don't need this. Uh, I think no, it's No, because you and Ro like all this stuff. You like this public view. I know you don't like I know you I don't like, like to I'm be very the man happy. behind the curtain. I want to be left alone. But I will tell you, I think it's going to be amazing. I was down there with the... Uh, design team and the architect you're going to destroy the mysticism of this the mystique of pat it's the like mystique. the monarchy when you pull back the curtain nobody wants it anymore no <laughs> but i uh i was thinking about how do we change the show maybe a new theme song and maybe we should have theme songs we're gonna have a different editor i'm gonna i'm gonna be able to pull back from editing you're not gonna be happy with the editing and you'll take it back over how much money you want to put true. down Oh gosh! How I much? You're wrong. I hope you're gonna you're have wrong. an editor for three shows. That's oh, all right. Model. I mean, I'm not a real. I mean, I don't. You know, I, I had to teach myself. Yeah, but why? You like you like to edit your own shows. Why shouldn't you? I do, but you know, it takes me like five. And times I trust you because you know us. That's true. That is true. Yeah. Listen, you come from an artistic family. Your grandfather's a great artist. Yeah. No, seriously. Yeah, my grandfather. Art, art takes time. Yes, it does. Can I throw a message out there to our listeners? Yeah. Um, this was inspired by my meeting when I ran into I had the, the pleasure of running into our listener, Stephen Etzia in Boston this summer. Everyone complains we're New York and New Jersey centric. Send us guests. Yeah, please send us. Pe- I mean, I, how do I supposed to know that you have a, a butcher in Albuquerque, New Mexico, who makes sausage the way his grandfather did in 1804? Yeah. If you know anybody, we, we would love to, to have- send, send them over, yeah. send them to Stephanie. It's not by intention. It's it's the circle. And, and the reason I'm, I'm doing this is because Vanessa is a dear friend of ours. It's the circle of people we have here. But we would love to expand the circle. Yeah. I mean, no, there's nobody more enthusiastic about going out and meeting. I mean, we must have met two or three new people last night at dinner. And I spoke the night before at the Morgani Italian Society, which is an Italian-American society for doctors in, in the New York area. But it was founded in 1890. And I mean, the stories that I encountered there, just some amazing people. And so like, you know, this is what we do. But uh, as much as we like to go on the road with the greetings from Italian America, we can't be on the road all the time. So if you got anybody out there, we we love recommendations. You can email us at info at italianpower.com. You can find us on social media, write us on Facebook, whatever it is. We're going to eventually get to the message, we, we promise. And we, we are always looking for recommendations of interesting people. And I love it. Them. I yeah. mean, you're doing me a favor. Yeah. Pers- I mean, Steve inspired me in Boston like that. You got to. 
because we talk about things that are local that we don't remember that people wouldn't know unless they lived here. Yeah. Right. And, you know, he said, like, you know, to expand for more guests from more places around the country. But my our handicap is don't be bashful. Send us the information. If, if you're in Idaho and you there's an Italian community in Idaho, I mean, as much as we know, we still learn something new about Italian America every day, every day. Every day is a new discovery. Every day. I found a I found a community in this this morning. I was doing some work and doing some research, and I stumbled on an old um, keychain, which led me down a path to a community on the border of Pennsylvania and New York called Sayre, Pennsylvania and Waverly, New York. And there's some Italian places there from the 20s and 30s that are still thriving businesses and, you know, interesting stories and different food ways. And so, you know, we I, I love those shows. Like, I really enjoyed our interview about um about the dean martin statue oh we got so much positive yeah so many positive messages on that yeah we did get a lot of positive messages and actually i think we actually we got some people interested in making some donations to get this statue raised and that's a big part of the point so you know i love those stories i love learning about new places in italian america new people i mean there's no intention here at all for us to be new york new jersey centric other than the fact that it's really difficult to leave sometimes you know so i mean new jersey is the center of (laughs) the united states Right, right. If that course. doesn't mean we can't occasion. No, as far as Italian American stuff, we really are. Yeah, it's a big, it's a big deal. More so than the fantasy the two, the other two of you have that Brooklyn is still like somehow, Eighteenth <laughs> Avenue. But I think Jersey, this is our moment in time. Speaking of New Jersey, Pat and I were at a a wonderful event last night called Cento Amici in New Jersey, uh, an organization started by it used to be called Trenta Amici, thirty Italian business people who just wanted to get along and do good. They give out a ton of scholarships every year. They're really active, a wonderful professional group. And my uncle is a member. My uncle's a member of every Italian club. That's why I love him. And he invited Pat and I and Rosella Rowe couldn't make it. And so Pat and I went, we had a great night, met a bunch of people, but they had a silent auction. So I like to support, you know, as many groups as I can. So I always try to buy something at the silent auction that's unique. And in this case, they had a custom tailored by an Italian master tailor, a blazer available for men and, and the inside lining would have the logo of this Cento Amici. So I was able to win it at the auction and I got introduced to the tailor at the end of it. And uh, we started talking and he was there with his girlfriend and was telling him about the show and, you know, would love to do the show's logo on it. And, you know, things to wear to the Italian fairs and festivals and stuff like that. And uh, the girlfriend said, I think I, I think I've listened to the podcast. I said, yeah, you know, it's me, Pat. He's over there. And I said, and our other co-hosts, uh, Dolores and Anthony and Rosella Rago. And she said, you know, Rosella Rago. And she was Molay's has known, right? Her family came up to us. They were telling us all the drama of being Molay's. I, you know, Molay's of our lives. It's Molay's of our lives. I, I wish Ro was on today to, to dig in. I said, it's like St. Olaf in uh, the Golden Girls. Yeah, but we do get, we, we have to be honest. We do get a lot of, um, Light that bounces off a row and bounces on us. Yeah, she's great. So many people said, wow, you know Rosella? Oh, yeah, we always get that. We owe, always... we owe her a great deal. Yeah, we do owe her, as, as does the community. She's, she's our, our friend, but also we owe her a great deal. Yeah, she's done a lot of good work, and she's highlighted so many wonderful nonne and the stories, and, you know, it's just... It's You're going to ruin my life. Why? Because I'm here playing with fountain pens. I'm, like, having a lot of fun. <laughs> You can have your own, do. your own pod. No, at the, but I, at, I go you know. on Google. I, I always multitask when we're recording. And now I'm going to have to sit there like the Manchurian candidate. No, no, no. I mean, look, the fact that you've now shared with the audience that this is what you do. You Can, can I put a box around me? No. Yeah, I'm I will. I'll build you a box. This. I'm going to build you like I a get phone con. Booth. No, I don't. I want a phone. Can I put a mask on? Yes. Because I, I want to do my own thing. I want to sit sure. here. I'm playing That's with friends. That's going to be the joy of it. I can't do it now because now I got to sit there like I'm Walter Cronkite. 
Thank you, Juwan. <laughs> I don't want to do this. I do not want to do this. All right. Well, give it a chance for me. How's they don't sound? tell me. They lie to me. Because <laughs> I don't want people standing behind us at the Today Show. They look at our backs. I'll put your back to the door. You won't know. Have- and I'm, 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 I'm calm. Give it a shot. They calm me again. Here we go. <laughs> Even gone. Yeah, because you love it, Ro. You'll be doing each other's hair, and you'll be putting makeup on. I don't want this. <laughs> I've I have now repeated this many. I'm times. nice. I'm nice. I do not wear makeup, and nobody does. No, but my you'll hair. be like it'll be like a show. It'll be like a real. I yeah, don't want just, that. I like radio. The podcast. Imagine the, the people in like 1947 when television came out. Like I don't want to do that. They all wanted to go. Look, look at Lucille Ball. No, Lucille Ball ran, and you could be Lucille Ball. I'm not Lucille Ball. <laughs> I don't know who I am, but I'm not Lucille That's Ball. your next T-shirt. I'm not Lucille Ball. If uh, Stephanie, Stephanie's usually on the other end of these calls, and she's uh, she can't be today because she's got a family thing out in Kansas, but uh, she'd probably jump on the mic right now and start going off on Lucille Ball. No, but we have, Brent, we have Brendan. He's a Sicilian undertaker from Buffalo. <laughs> he was born to be a Sicilian. He Sicilian, works with absolutely. us, but his, his true calling he missed. Yeah. yeah so are you there, Brendan? Hello? Yeah, I'm here. I'm here. Brandon, how much would you love to be a Sicilian undertaker in Buffalo? I mean, you're from Buffalo. You're Sicilian. When are you going to pull that trigger? Two to four, seven to nine. What about three to five? Yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's really old school. Three to five, seven to ten. <laughs> that's, that is, no, two is. to five. He's two to five, seven to ten. Brendan, I'm glad the audience gets to hear your voice because... Uh... Your you... voice was made for radio. <laughs> it was, sure. We should make Why don't you do a commercial? You should do the Brioski commercials. Maybe we can maybe we can yes. get a deal with them. <laughs> when you're uncomfortable, <laughs> when Grandma's Managotti gave you Ajita, <laughs> you can I write the commercials? Vanessa Vasi is like, why are we? <laughs> yeah, let's introduce. Why don't they Vanessa, just shut up? And I want to sit here watching and, and listening to us. She's been on the show before. First of all, uh, long long she, ago. She's all done up. I see her on the thing. She'd be per, and you can't even see her. Put her on screen and leave me home. See, she'll, she'll, next time she comes on the show, it'll be in the Little League. But she's an entertainer because she's a singer. Entertainers all get dressed up. I would like to ask the audience. I, I know Pat's got a legion of hardcore fans out there. We get emails and messages all the time. If you are amongst them, it's not ah, good enough go. to comment. Nah, nah, you need to write a direct game. email and here just we go. And request. No, they, if commit. they know me, they're my friends. They're no, gonna, I want a letter writing campaign. I'm going to have a, I'm going to have they, a, they, like, you're, 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 they don't want this. Like, you know, referendum, they collect no enough petitions. I'm right, a, the, I want to be the dictator. <laughs> I don't want a referendum. You certainly are. Let's introduce our guest. Every time you blow your nose, you got to get a referendum. I don't want a referendum. I want to be left in my little bunker of a basement in peace when I want to make a public exhibition of myself i can do it all right but now i gotta be sitting there like walter cronkite you're gonna uh, I'm, I'm done because vanessa wants to go <laughs> vanessa has to be gone they're just gonna can me Let, vanessa's oh, gonna replace you come in day. yeah vanessa you could have it the, the new italian american <laughs> wikipedia vanessa rachi is a, a very very accomplished singer uh she is a amazing talent a passionate italian american you have you have in our audience met her before long ago on episode 59 in the old days when dolores and anthony had just kicked off the show and uh, she's also a friend of ours and somebody we're really happy to welcome back because Vanessa is not only in the glow of a brand new album release, an upcoming show uh, here in the New York area, and also some really good news about how the album is being received in the jazz world. So Vanessa, welcome back to the Italian American podcast. Great to see you today. Thanks for having me, John and Pat. I I have to tell you, it was really hard not to laugh out loud during the first second. (laughs) I was controlling myself. (laughs) Are we clowns? Do we amuse you? (laughs) You're very funny. You're very humorous. (laughs) I like the banter. This is our real life. This is what we do all the time. (laughs) It's a cry for help. 
<laughs> don't throw me true. on a live camera. That's what it's for. Oh my god! But you don't get it either because you're an entertainer. You'll be all dialed up, and we're going to be on camera. This is like a real comedy show right here. Oh. It's very entertaining. But yeah. This is not a real. <laughs> this is this is all life. This is normality. I'm going to shut up because then someone's going to write another letter. He he oh he talks over people, so I'm going to be quiet. <laughs> you you are though. Pat's right. You are an entertainer, and you're a very talented entertainer, and you bring a lot of. Uh, personality to your shows thank you why don't you tell the audience that hasn't maybe listened to the first time you're on here just briefly how sure. you got into doing this stuff because it's an interesting story yeah thank you um well thanks again for having me um so i grew up in westchester new york and i lived with my grandfather as many italian americans did in my area in the new york city area we always had the grandparents in the basement apartment and so my grandmother had passed away but grandpa was still with us he was born in 1913, just to give you some context. Um, so the music he played throughout the house was from like the 1920s and 30s and lots of Italian-American stuff, lots of Italian proper music. And so I grew up listening to that music, even though I'm a millennial. I grew up with Connie Francis, Dean Martin, Frank Sinatra, you know, Louis Prima, um, many more that I can't even remember. And he would blast them, you know, as you drove in and park in, into the driveway, like rap music, it was so loud. <laughs> um, so, uh, and we became like really great friends. We would split pastechotis. He would make me frittata for Italian class. He would pick me up from school. Like my grandpa was like my best friend. It was a wonderful, wonderful relationship. So anyway, when he passed away, I had been uh, performing jazz standards with a trio of mine. And I really wanted to do something that was personal and kept, um, it was a part of me that wasn't just, you know, a jazz standard that everyone else was singing. Um, so I decided to revive the Italian American classics that he taught me with um, modern jazz arrangements to keep the music alive and to keep my grandfather's spirit alive. And that gave birth to my first album in 2017, Italiana Fresca. And that was pretty well received, obviously. And I feel like a talented young person taking on not just an, an older generation of music, but one that means so much to so many people, right? Because I think for us, our community, we do pass along a lot of who we are in our music. I mean, uh, I always talk on the show about being in COVID with my niece and nephew uh, living in the same house, my whole family. And my brother's in Florida, so I didn't get to see my niece that often beforehand and we spent a year together every morning and she would want to play wheels on the bus and after like three days i i said please i can't do this anymore <laughs> and so i i introduced her to Pepino the mouse and all lumanti stuff and now she's obsessed with it Aww. and it is a great vehicle for us to maintain and keep our culture and pass it down music is so personal you know absolutely yes and what makes me the most proud and want to cry is when i perform at shows and little girls love me because they think I look like a princess. I, you know, wear these big dresses and they come, there's this one little girl, Mia, and she comes to my shows with her parents and knows every word to Cella Luna Mezzo Mare and she uh. sings and she dance. And I'm like, this is exactly why I'm doing this to pass it down to the next generation. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And I should explain also how this gave birth to my second album. So that, so I, uh, so Italiana Fresco was very successful. It was number 65 on the jazz charts. I It took me around the country. I performed at lots of Italian festivals and events in New York, New Jersey, Florida, New Orleans, California, Chicago, all the Italian hotbeds in the, in the country. Yeah. 
And um, when I was in New Orleans, I was so captivated by that culture. Love it. The food is incredible. The, just the vibe is incredible from a jazz perspective, from an Italian-American perspective. And it was there that I learned about the rich history Italian-Americans have with jazz. And I didn't know this, that the very first recorded jazz song in history was by a Sicilian-American, Nick LaRocca, and his original Dixieland jazz band. And that just piqued my curiosity. And I just wanted to research more and more. And I found out how New Orleans musicians, you know, moved north to Chicago and it gave birth to Leandropolo and then Henry Mancini and Harry Warren and Guy Lombardo. And, and so I started piecing together the, the history of Italian-American influence on jazz music. And it gave birth to a show that I performed at Birdland um, in 2019 before the pandemic. Um, it was received very well. And then I said, you know what? I'm going to turn this into an album. And then the world shut down, so it delayed things quite a bit. <laughs> I couldn't get into a studio for a long time. Sure. Yeah. Um, but I finally launched it. It's, it's launching this year, October 21st, and it's called Jazzy Italian. Yeah, and I'm looking at the uh, song list for the album uh, and, and some of the information that you sent us. And it's some of the stuff you would expect, but it's also some songs that the casual listener might not realize the Italian connection behind, like, you know, right. Sunday Kind of Love, right? That was written by Louis Prima. I don't think many people even think about that kind of stuff. How did you go out and dig into the Italians behind the songs that weren't performers? Yeah, so um, I read a couple of books. I forget the names of them. And then I just researched deeply on Google. Like, uh, how, First, I wanted to understand why Italian-Americans were so connected to jazz. And I learned that um, Italian-Americans were an oppressed population in New Orleans at the turn of the century when they immigrated from Sicily. And they lived and they worked in the same neighborhoods as the oppressed Black population and were very steeped in jazz because they were playing music together. They were often in bands together. Um, and I'm like, wow, that's so interesting. No wonder there's so many Italian-American jazz artists. Yeah, it's amazing. I, I, Nick LaRocca you know, is a name that I think everybody... I think in our community, people are starting to talk about, and obviously, you know, at, at the earliest creation of this purely American medium of jazz. And I think that that's, that's the beautiful thing about it, really. It is, a, it, like they say, what, jazz and baseball and uh, one other thing are the, are the truest American creations and contributions, right? The most beautiful and perfect American contributions to culture. And I think it's indicative of the American story that communities that come here and they don't really have the selection of where to live and the selection of their jobs. And, you know, nobody says to them, like, what's your dream and passion when you're a child of an immigrant or a child of a community at the lower rung of the uh, economic scale. And so it's all born out of that sort of um, forced melding and forced cohabitation. And there's something really beautiful about that. I, but but I think that Italians are fantastic adapters. Mm. Yeah. I mean, think of, I, I, I use this all the time as, a, as an example. If you take the tomato, right, maybe it really starts to gain in popularity in Italy in the time between, let's say, the American Revolution and uh, the Napoleonic Wars, right? But if you go to Italy in, in 1400 or Italy in 1500, the tomato is unknown, and it's certainly not in, in Naples. And the first hundred years it was there, it was, it was thought to be poisonous. Huh. And Italians take the product and they blow it up. And I think jazz is so much like that. I mean, you know, it, eggplant comes from the outside and semolina flour comes from somewhere else and peppers came from something else. And we actually know the time periods that they came. And I think that that if you take Italy as a diaspora country, 
right? And not as a country that's confined, that's confined within political borders or geographic borders. If you take it as a super geographical country, that's a country based on a, a culture as opposed to an actual defined geographical place, and you let Italians loose wherever they're wherever they're let loose, they not only adapt but they take what's there and they take it to another level. And I think if you take somebody like Louis Prima, yeah, sure, they they took jazz and they ran with it. That's just my take. I think I think it's very much part and parcel of the culture. Yeah. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Yeah, it's really funny to me because when we were down in New Orleans, I was down there. I go down there every year for, say, the St. Joseph's. John Day. loves New Orleans. I do. I love There's New Orleans. There's no one yeah, who loves I... New Orleans like you love New Orleans. Who doesn't love New Orleans? It's incredible. I love it. It is, right? It's like it's it's got so much vibrancy and uh, it's just good charming kind people and genuine people I, I love it down there and uh I, we went to film one year Roe and I for greetings from Italian America and uh Charles Marsala who's one of the most you know well-versed Italian Americans down in Sicilian Americans down in New Orleans and passionate about the history and he was one of our guests on the show and you know he started going into the history of Nick LaRocca and sort of said you know Nick LaRocca invented jazz or the Italian Americans invented jazz and I'm always hesitant I and mean, we got some commentary on that even on the video because yeah no one can single-handedly create a music genre no one can single-handedly create a music genre <laughs> right. and, and and so much of jazz is born out of the african-american experience but i'm right. i think yeah, nick laraca and his band certainly invented the word jazz that is very true it's first use of the word jazz it was yeah. jass as a matter of fact um but i think it's beautiful that we have some pollination to it in the beginning right and there is a great contribution in our musical history as a, a people is evident in it. And obviously some of the amazing names that have come out of new Orleans. And like you say, then Chicago and New York and, and eventually on and on and on. I do think we have a role there at the earliest phase, obviously, and, and a, and a significant one. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And, and he formed and, the very first j- recorded jazz band in history. So he actually made the very first recording of a jazz song and it was done in New York city. Tiger rag or something like that. Um, livery, he was famous for Tiger Rag, but the very first recording was Livery Stable Blues, um, which was later given lyrics and it's at the Jazz Band Ball, which is on my album, of course. Um, but yeah, I loved it. I was like, oh my gosh, I have to put this song on my album. (laughs) That's really cool. Vanessa, I have to ask you a question. Yeah. How did this transform your own sense of self-identity? Ooh. Because you're, you know, you're a longtime musician. Yeah, you, know, you love jazz. How did the research necessary for this? I love affect that. your concept of who you are in an ethnic sense. Wow, interesting. Well, I think it firmly rooted me as like the jazzy Italian because, you know, before yes, I sang jazz, but I was also also doing R and B and also doing blues, and I it wasn't like I didn't have a firmly rooted positioning, if you will. But after doing this research and seeing how rich it was, honestly, 
I have like three more albums in my head of like what I want to do next just from this research. (laughs) And I'm like, I'm the jazzy Italian. That's it. This is what I'm doing. (laughs) Italian American jazz. (laughs) What kind of evolutions forward for, from future albums? How do you like, what's the the next version of this? So, um, so this dipped my toe in learning like the history of Italian American influence on jazz music. Um, And so I have like one selection from each of the major composers, like, Harry Warren, who was originally Salvatore Antonio Guarania and changed his name wow. from Brooklyn. Um, Chick Corea, John Pizzarelli. Now, a lot of people don't know Chick Corea was Italian-American, etc. So John, John I think, Pizzarelli passed recently, right? Um, his father, Bucky. Oh, Bucky. The, okay. Yeah. Son yeah. Bucky, yeah. Okay. I actually had a, the amazing opportunity to sing with him. What a sweet man. He'd always say, he didn't have to get paid. He would perform for pasta. <laughs> <laughs> that's my kind of guy. Yeah. That's, that's what we get for these shows. So that's exactly. About, about right. But, um, but anyway, but through learning about each of these composers, I learned that each one has a giant repertoire of music. Like Henry Mancini, he wrote a lot of jazz um, scores for film, like the Pink Panther, um, Moon River from Breakfast at Tiffany's. Harry Warren. I want to do an album just on Harry Warren because he wrote 800 jazz tunes and many of them are in our book of standards like Chattanooga Choo Choo at last. I didn't know at last was written by an Italian American. That's a giant famous standard. Yeah. Um, September in the rain, et cetera. So I'm like, Oh my gosh, I could do a whole album just on Harry Warren. So that will be my next step. (laughs) You know, I always think about what is the great Italian American songbook, And when I think of that, of course, my first reaction is kind of like your first album. Like, what are the songs in our songbook? What are the things we relate to? But if you if you then go into the Great American Songbook and, and look at where the contributions in terms of writers and composers of Italian heritage is, I mean, you, we just rattled off Sunday Kind of Love, Chattanooga Choo Choo, At Last. I mean, you're talking about pillars of the American Songbook and, and the Italian contribution that yeah. you just taught us something. And it's funny. a lot. It's not well known. When you think of the Great American Songbook, you think of George Gershwin, Berlin, Cole Porter, who, of course, contributed thousands of songs to our songbook. But no one thinks of Harry Warren or the other contributors. And I just want to bring light to that. I think that's a wonderfully admirable pursuit. I really do. I think that's fantastic. And yeah, I'm, I'm sure you do have a lot more albums in the in the hopper right now because <laughs> digging this stuff out is great. Can I say something? And I, I got to beat the drum that I always beat. Had it been any other ethnicity? Yeah. PBS would have done a special on the Italian Americans in jazz. That's true. I, I want to do that next to you. That's on my list. And we're just written <laughs> off. You know, this is it's just written off. Like, why don't we have our place at the table for the contributions we've made? It's going to happen, Pat. I'm already in talks with my booking agent about it, and I want to make it happen. <laughs> Good. But yes. Absolutely. Yeah, but it takes somebody like you to actually go out and do that. Re- I mean, like I said, you taught us something, right? And we, we do this. Every day is all we talk about, really. I mean, I had know. no idea. Neither did I. Oh, that's, I had, I had no, I had no clue. I mean, when you, the songs you, I, I was here sitting, I was like, wow. I was like, I had really no idea that we had such an effect. I mean, you know, we just take a like gooey prima and stuff like that. But when you start to Henry Manson, when you start to calculate this all down, I, calculate this all in again, Italy's a gold medal winner in the arenas of culture. Even in jazz, we're a gold medal yeah. winner. Yeah, I'm so happy that I taught you guys something. That means a lot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, thank you for doing it. That's like, I think Carla Gambesha, one of our guests in the past episode, yeah. said Italy's a cultural superpower. It's the world superpower of lifestyle. 
Oh, yeah. yeah. Lifestyle superpower. It's the world's yeah. lifestyle superpower. Definitely. So this now this album is doing pretty well, you said, uh, before we got on the mic. So Yeah, yeah. Um, so it hasn't launched officially on physical and, and digital distribution channels. The launch date is October 21st, of course, during Italian American Heritage Month. I did that on purpose. Um, and already it has reached number 19 on the jazz charge. And when I found out, I cried because I was only like three behind Samara Joy, who is like a, a very famous jazz singer. <laughs> so I was like, oh, yeah. that's amazing. Yeah. Can I say something? This should not surprise us. Aww. Yeah, that's true. Because, no, seriously, your hard work paid off. Oh, thank you. Yeah, it's true. I talked to you, I forget when, when you when this was all percolating. Yeah, yeah, in the beginning. Right? You made the sacrifice. I'm sure this was not a cheap endeavor, right? No, it was it was, not. it was not. You made it work. So, yes, you planted the seeds, you cultivated them, and, yes, the harvest is now coming in. And I quit my corporate job. <laughs> Yeah, it's a lot of bravery to that. Yeah. But the bravery paid off. Yeah. The yeah. Bra- it should inspire other people out there. The bravery paid off. Thank you. Thank I, maybe you. it's a millennial concept. I don't know. But Pat and I were with my aunt and uncle last night at this dinner. And my aunt, who's a uh, infection controls expert in New Jersey and um, a very accomplished one and a real authority on infectious disease. So you can imagine she's been quite busy the past couple of years and she runs her own business and uh, consults with hospitals and stuff and other public spaces. And she and a colleague were doing a, not a podcast, but a a Facebook live show every week. And it started to really take off. And she was telling me last night, you know, I was giving her whatever advice I could based on what I've learned here over the years. And she was telling me last night that she has decided that it's just too much time away from her business. And the first time Pat and I sat down with Roe and Dolores and Anthony to talk about trying to come on and and help grow this platform. Pat said at the dinner, it's like, you know, you got to decide if it's a business or if it's a hobby, because if it's a hobby, it's easy to neglect it. But if it's a business and you're going to grow it, it's got to be your life. You know, it's just, that's how people succeed. Absolutely. And I've grown so much faster since I quit my corporate job because, you know, I used to work for PepsiCo and I I learned invaluable skills for marketing because I was a marketing executive there that helped me, right? Because I'm marketing myself as a product, right? My album as a product. So that definitely helped me. But it took so much time out of every day, nine to seven, sometimes nine to eight. But if I'm like, if I can just take my energy and not put it into PepsiCo and put it into me, I could do so much more. And that's why I really wanted to, to leave. There's something to be said in our DNA, I think. And I think this is applicable to any offspring and ans- and descendants of immigrants that you can tap into if you try and if you make yourself aware and you think around your ancestry and what it took for them to just risk on themselves to just throw in everything you have behind you you know like uh, i was with dolores i was on the dolores's show uh we recorded i think it came out yesterday and uh we were talking about our trip to italy we we're talking about ancestry and stuff and you know go through the normal sacrifices that everybody makes of you know you're, you're leaving your family and what's familiar and then she was like and don't forget the cost that it took to migrate an entire family and, and how much that represented of their, their life's savings, you know, and it's wow. true. You just throw everything you got into this risk and you're gambling on yourself. And, and I think we have to tap into that sometimes because it's easy to get fearful and handcuffed when it comes to gambling on yourself. But if you're doing something with passion and love and the intention of making people's lives better, it's a worthwhile endeavor. You may not always succeed, I don't think you'll 
look back and regret taking that risk on yourself, you know? Absolutely. And, and so many people said, aren't you scared? Aren't you scared to leave the comfort of the paycheck? And I said, honestly, since the pandemic happened, it just became ever more evident that life is so short. I'm more scared not to try it, to let my life go by and not try it. It's a beautiful way to look at it, really. You know, that's a that's a very mature way to look at it. And, and you're you. fortunate to have come to it. Did PepsiCo give you free Pepsi? <laughs> yes. Did you yes. get like coupons? Like what freebies did you get working for PepsiCo? Oh, I got I mean, yes, there was free um, beverages in the cafeteria on the fountain, um, but a, a lot of perks. I mean, I used to travel. Um, I, a lot of people don't know they have a vast portfolio, like Pure Leaf, Mountain Dew, Aquafina, Life Water. I worked across a number of different brands because I rotated jobs as I got promoted throughout the years. And my favorite perk was working on Pure Leaf. And I um, brokered a deal with Gail Simmons, you know, a PR deal with her and Food and Wine magazine. And we traveled to all the food and wine festivals. We went to Aspen and I was working and I got to eat and drink at all the top food and wine festivals in the country with like Gail Simmons and Tom Colicchio. I was like, wow. (laughs) I'm going to ask you another question. Did they give you enough of freebies that you could take care of relatives? Like Italian (laughs) Italian relatives love somebody who works for a company where they get freebies. Did you have an aunt or an uncle? Like it's Bobby's fifth birthday. Do you think you can get us a few cases? No, we'll pay. And they do the Italian. We'll pay for it. We'll pay for it, which means I don't want to pay for it. I want a freebie. Right. Because right, when you were in third grade, I picked you up when your mother couldn't get you or your grandfather couldn't get you from school. No, we didn't get like we didn't get free like physical product. We got free fountain product. We didn't get free package product. You, like you couldn't take no. six packs home. No, no. It's so funny. There's something about Italians in business who like it is true, especially when you're related or you know somebody, you're friendly, whatever. There's that whole back and forth of like, I can't pay you, you know, you can't pay for this or I can't charge you. And no, you have to charge. Like how many times you do that whole ceremony, you know, yeah. and, uh, I, I think of like, I, know. I, know. I mean, it's, it's Pepsi's not an Italian company and there's the evidence, right? They're like, you know, you're taking free bottles. We'd be giving out free product like it's going. I mean, I remember David Greco text me after the baby was born and he said, how's Nicole? And I we were in the hospital and I said, she's great. She's craving prosciutto because she couldn't eat cold cuts for nine months uh, within Two hours. We had a box of so many sandwiches from David from Arthur Avenue that I I was giving them to all the nurses stations. Aww. I mean, just, that's part of who we are. I think you know. Well, speaking of Italian companies, so I this Mianetto Prosecco has been really good to me throughout the years. They sponsor my shows. They sponsored Birdland. They sponsored like a lot of things for me. And when I did the Festa della Donna in every March, uh, Dina Martin was on that. Lena Prima, etc., to celebrate Italian American females in the arts. Um, they always sponsored it and they gave everyone in the audience free Prosecco. So there you go. Me and that though. That's, <laughs> That's awesome. nice. I would like that. Yeah. yeah. That yeah. would be a nice. You were on here to talk about the Festa della Donna now that I'm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It. Yeah. We, we, I remember yeah. that. Yeah. With Lena. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That was, uh, gosh, maybe two years ago now. It just goes so quick. It blurs. You, you, you forget the conversations you had. I know. And you mentioned, you mentioned Birdland. Now you've got another show coming up there. Yes. So I'm having an album release show party um, at Birdland Jazz Club, also owned by an Italian-American, Johnny Valenti, um, October 23rd, um, which is a Sunday, 530 to 7. I'll have my five-piece band with me, which is 
amazing. Like I, I, I don't always get a chance to perform with my bands because, you know, it's expensive for people to pay for the whole band. So sometimes I just do with a pianist, a trio or with tracks, but it sounds so much more amazing when you've got like, you know, the cooking sacks and tent and oh, yeah. uh, trumpet players and stuff. It's going to be really, really cool. Can we go to these events with double breasted tuxedos and my people dressed as flappers? Yes. <laughs> that would be, be fun. Yes. Well, I would, if you're available, I would love to comp see being uh, the Italian American that I am. I would love to comp you tickets to come and see the show. <laughs> oh, you never have to ask us twice. I, I certainly will uh, We'll take a look on the calendar with Stephanie and see where we're going to be. And obviously we'd love to see you perform. Yay. I was thinking about that as you were talking, you know, I, I see you most often at festivals. Yes. You did come down and do some of the NIAF galas for me when I was putting together. I tried to kind of make it a more musical and interactive event. And I thought those were great. That was awesome. Yeah, those are a lot of fun. They really were. And, and a lot of amazingly talented people from Italy and here in the U.S. But uh, you're still doing festivals. Uh, it, what's the difference for you in terms of a concert at a jazz venue as renowned as Birdland or, you know, but then an Italian festival? It's got to be a different experience. Absolutely. I mean, um, definitely sound reliability. <laughs> you, <laughs> I'm sure, yeah. you never know what you're going to get when you go to a festival or who the sound guy is. And you're I'm like hoping and praying it's going to be good. <laughs> so that, yeah. that is one thing. When you go to a jazz club like Birdland, obviously, like the acoustics are all controlled. They've got the sound panels. They have top-notch sound people. So it's, you know, you know you're going to get a good product at the end of the day. And it's more of an intimate setting. I can do more ballads. I can tell more stories. I've got a captivated audience. At festivals are more, you know, people are having a sausage and pepper wedge and they're like walking around, right. you know? <laughs> so yeah. I do, I sing more like Connie Francis songs, big, fat, you know, big songs, fast songs, and it's less of an intimate sort of environment. So, yeah. I had to ask you another question because these are the things that run through my head. Do annoying, <laughs> it, do yeah. annoying Italian people come up to you and want to hire you for things <laughs> and say like, and then you give them a price and they're like, I, I thought it would be like $50. Yes, right? yes, it's my mother's birthday, yes, you know, yes. yeah, everything worked out. And like, yes. oh, I had budget fifty dollars. Yeah, I could get that. I mean, I have to say, like, fifty percent of the people that try to hire me actually pay what I ask for, which is great. The other fifty percent are like, oh, that's expensive. I'm like, well, you know, you know, we had a singer <laughs> for my sister's birthday in 1976. <laughs> They took $35. I figured, you know, well, I understand you can't get $35 now, but I think at least 50 would be all right. Maybe, maybe <laughs> 75 course, yeah. yeah, exactly. Oh, my God. Yeah, a lot of people don't understand. It's like, it's my profession. Like, would you try and haggle with, like, a lawyer or, like, a doctor? Oh, you yes, they like, do. Oh, 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 <laughs> I was going to say, yeah, our people would. Yes, they yeah. do. They do. <laughs> or they try to pay oh, you. Like, they have a fruit and vegetable market. You can get all the tomato you want for two years. <laughs> John knows it's a true I story. love it. You could get I a hunt, you get a puparulo you like, you get three years of puparulo. <laughs> I got a heater, but I don't want to pay yeah. cash. I want cash from you, but I'm never going to give you cash. I love that's a great accent. Now, I, I bet Ben there done that, lady. Ben there done that. <laughs> Nicole's dad is a doctor and he's from Italy. He's in an Italian neighborhood in the Bronx, and his patients are primarily Italian. And I can't tell you how many fruits and vegetables and uh, trays of but that's a different uh, pay off. The, uh, they'll never yeah, deny a doctor a bill they want better <laughs> treatment from the from the eight <laughs> parmesan they want a, they want an upgrade that so they don't want to wait if they if they call five minutes before they want to come in automatically they're very schemed out gifts yeah yeah that's with the lawyer they don't want to with the lawyer they don't want to pay it's different i'm i'm gonna hold <laughs> my ground on this one 
Rachi gets his 5,000%. I totally understand. I love it. I love it. I love that you get it too. (laughs) October is Italian Heritage Month, and Mediaset Italia is proud to offer you a connection to Italy. Mediaset Italia keeps you plugged into Italian culture, news, and entertainment like no other channel. You get the best shows from top Italian channels Canale Cinque, Italia Uno, and Rete Quattro streamlined to one place. Enjoy special concerts, comedy shows, movie presentations, and exclusive drama series soon after they air in Italy. Plus, always get the latest in news, current affairs, celebrity, and entertainment updates as they're happening. This October, look for new episodes of Amici, Grande Fratello Vip, Verissimo, Pomeriggio Cinque, Back to School, and more. There's always something new on Media Italia, so call your local television provider today. What about the audience reaction? What's the difference between singing Italian stuff for an Italian-American audience or singing jazz for people that are there for jazz? It's interesting. Like normally the jazz people appreciate the Italian songs because they're all done in like in a jazz style. Yeah. Um, I have like even people in Japan who follow me because uh, they just appreciate the music, whether I'm singing in Italian or English. Um, so that's pretty cool. Like I didn't realize that, like that it would reach more than just Italian Americans. Yeah. And now that this like second album is all in English, it does have a broader audience though. Like I think it's definitely more appealing um, than the all Italian stuff to the, the jazz proper listeners. Um, so that's pretty cool. And I think that's also why it rose to number 19 on the jazz chart. <laughs> so Yeah. Yeah. Certainly that universal appeal of this stuff is a, a big difference. You know, you mentioned this young girl, Mia, who sings Chela Luna uh, as you're singing. Yeah. Do you find that it, when you are doing festivals or Italian uh, theme stuff or Italian songs, what is the reaction from younger people? Oh my goodness. So, well, I guess younger, it depends on us, I guess. Yeah. We're, we're, yeah. We're, we're about to hit the cusp of, you know, uh, we can't pay young. I, I don't know about you. I don't know. Word called 40. I can't pay youth price for anything anymore. You know, 40 is the new 30. And as long as you look right. great and you're successful, who cares? That's <laughs> right. I don't care. But, um, Oh my gosh. It honestly brings me to tears. Like I, I did a, a residency at Swing Forty Six, and there's these little boys like just come up to me. They wanted to take pictures with me. They just wanted to hold my hand, and they like stand there, dance, and sing to the music. Like I think they love the, the way I dress. I dress in like vibrant colors, big like you know hoop skirts. <laughs> so they they yeah. it attracts little children. <laughs> that sounds strange. Yeah, probably. That sounds really strange. No, no, you know yeah, I mean? no. <laughs> In, in a very wonderful way, in a very yes. virtuous way. Yeah. Yes. And um, my beats, like even though it's jazz music, I do a lot of Latin jazz rhythms, a lot of swing rhythms, and it's appealing to, to children, even though they wouldn't necessarily say like, oh, I like jazz music, mommy. But like they just love the rhythms and they like to dance. And it's so cute. I love it. Because if you expose children to culture, they'll run with it. Yeah. yeah. It's yes, like real yes. food. Like, oh, I'm not going to give that to my kid. Italy's not a land of a kitty menu. Yeah, it's true. In food or in art. That's true. And even all, uh, to be honest, like all, all cultures, like I, w- I was performing in San Jose for their, San, their uh, Italian festival. By the way, I should introduce you to Josh, who does the festival there, because he's, 
he built a museum and he's started this festival like by himself. It's amazing with sponsors, of course. But um, but anyway, I was just doing that on October 2nd. And I had these two little girls from Turkey in the audience. And the entire time they were screaming, we love you. You're beautiful. We love you. You're, it was just the cutest huh. thing. And like, yeah. it's like, I think kids of all ages love it. If you just have like positive energy and fun music, they're, they're going to love it. Yeah, it's funny because like you get this like sense that because so much of uh, our tastes as a society are driven by corporate interests, right? And like uh, all of this like brain trust of what's popular. And, and so it dictates what's not popular, right? And they preclude so much stuff that's just so accessible and joyous for humanity. Like I, I was thinking about Swing 46. Uh, I think it was like maybe – first year i was dating nicole i took her there for her birthday i forgot to get a dress and we and i'm the worst dancer on the <laughs> planet i mean like I, I can barely walk without falling and we've come after a dozen years of being together where she leads me and i just sort of let her <laughs> i love um, it <laughs> yeah so that's we came to that pretty early but i took her there we had a great night and i i recall back to when i was i'm, I'm older than you um i guess i was in like the latter part of high school when gap was using Louis Prima's Jump, Jive, and Whale yes. for their yeah. commercial. Yeah, and it was like, it led to this like mini swing dancing boom, and it was like the cool thing to do. And I and I think now, think back to it, and, it, you know, this stuff that people say is outdated, it's not outdated. It's very timeless. It's just a matter of, is it going to be introduced to people? And, and yeah. a little commercial like that from a national brand introduced it to so many people who absolutely adored it. And, and you know, it's, it's just a matter of introduction. Absolutely. I totally agree. It's great music. If it's great. If it's great music, they're going to love it. It has a good beat, <laughs> good rhythm. Yeah. Yeah. Like I think about the oldie stations, you know, like now the oldie stations, like, I feel like they have this pressure to change with demographics. And so the stuff that we listen to in high school is now in the oldie stations, which says a lot, but you know, like <laughs> I think, uh, right. I mean, I, that's the weirdest feeling in the world, but I think this great stuff from the fifties and sixties and like, there's still, it's not a matter of, did you grow up with it? And you're the only one interested. I think young people appreciate what's great. And that's amazing yeah, stuff. Absolutely. And I mean, honestly, a lot of old stuff, like Amy Winehouse reinvented a lot of old songs and she was super famous. Yeah. Like, and a lot of musicians do that. They sample old music and sample beats. Um, a lot of rappers do that with like, Ray Charles music or, you know, uh, Stevie wonder or whatever, you know, and, um, they bring it back in like a fun, fresh way. And that's what I've tried to do too. Like all of the arrangements are original. Um, I worked with Stephen Feifke. He's my arranger and he, um, works, he, uh, went to the new school and also teaches at Berkeley. Um, he's like an in-demand composer and jazz artist right now. And I just wanted somebody who can give me like fresh arrangements that, make this old music relevant to, to a new generation. And I think, I think he did that really well. It's a matter of loving the songs and breathing life into them. As we come to the end of our time together, a question I always love to ask musicians, particularly those who are in our tribe and who love our songbook, you got to love what you do, right? You obviously love the content. You have a favorite song, you have a favorite song to listen to and, or a favorite song to perform. Oh my goodness. You know, who's, who's the, who's the, Top of the pinnacle role model. What what's your favorite? It's stuff? like picking a favorite child. This is so hard. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, I love to perform at last. Um, I think because I usually 
the songs I love to perform most are the songs that the audience receives the best. I think like the bigger applause yeah. I get, the more I like to perform. Of course. So, right. Yeah. So um, people love at last. And so I love to sing that song. Um, you know, I was very influenced by um, a lot of jazz artists like um, Ella Fitzgerald's one of my favorites. Um, yeah, Louis Prima swings, you know, the crap out of everything. Amazing. Frank Sinatra. I mean, I grew up listening to him. So the simplicity of the way he, like I used to think when I was younger, like he's just talking. That's not such a big deal. I, he doesn't sing. He just talks. And then I realized how hard it is because he is singing, but he's communicating the lyric. Like he's speaking to you. And that's very, very challenging to do. Um, but yeah, those are probably my biggest influences. I love at last. I always love to sing um, Aldi La because that gets a giant applause. People that love the Connie Francis. That is a great song. <laughs> yeah. That is a great song. Really? Underappreciated. <laughs> um, yeah, I, was gonna, I, I would have thought underappreciated too. I'm surprised you say it gets such a great reaction. Yeah, the Connie Francis version. People love it. Like, it's, you know, la, da, 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 da. they love it. And they dance and they cry. and they. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah. You know, it's funny. Aldi La has a special meaning for me. So my grandfather... I couldn't consider myself a karaoke addict. And my grandfather <laughs> was like that. I mean, he would sing. He didn't sing professionally, but he had a nice voice. And he always sang everything. He sang all the Neapolitan stuff. And he was singing very uh, a lot until he had 13 heart attacks before he died. So his health oh continued to sort of dwindle and, his, and the, the, the power to do stuff. So he didn't sing often. And like once in a blue moon towards the end of his life at a family party, he'd sing and everybody would cry. And it was just a beautiful thing. And when he died... I was with my grandmother, I don't know where, sometime in the, in the like, years after. And Aldi La came on, and she got all choked up. And she said, that's the last song Grandpa sang to me when we went out to Aww. dinner uh, before he died. And I, yeah, it has always held a very special place in my heart after that. Yeah. And can, I want to just share a little story behind that song. Um, Connie Francis chose to record it um, because she fell in love with Bobby Darin. And she chose to sing it about him because Aldila means beyond. And she thought he was beyond because the doctor said he was going to die at the age of 30 because he had a heart condition and he needed to accomplish so much before he died. And she just became infatuated with him. And I learned this through another show I do, which is about the love story of Bobby Darren and Connie Francis called Forbidden Love. But um, it's also wonderful, like a wonderful backstory that, you know, she chose to sing it for him. And it was the, the one that got away for her. So. Also Italian-American, Bobby Darren. Yeah. Uh, Walden Robert Casotto was his original name. <laughs> Walden. Wow, that came out of left field. I would have gone to Bobby, too, if my first name was Walden, for sure. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, but I, I, I find them very fascinating. That's somebody I, when I was at NIAF, I, my mom's mom was a massive Connie Francis fan and listens to her all the time. The only song we can't play is Mama because everybody cries. Right. But I, we we. we we're giving her an award at NIAF and I mean, she's had a very hard life and she's obviously older now. And uh, it took a lot of convincing to get her to come to Washington. And uh, she canceled like two days before. And it, it was not like a flippant, like, I don't care about this. I knew she was struggling mentally to bring herself to come out and be in front of such a big crowd. And, yeah. and, and I, I didn't hold any of it against her. I, I still think the world of her as a performer and as a person, her difficulty, she overcame the, the generosity she brings to stuff. But that's, that's one person who I, really still wish we could have on the show an interview because what an amazing what an amazingly strong woman and what an amazing story yeah i I, her book among my souvenirs like it's a page turner it's really really captivating 
And I would love to meet her one day. That's on my bucket list. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're gonna we're gonna, to, we're gonna take a trip down to Florida. I was gonna say the same that. thing. We have to call yeah. Marion up from the Tribune. I would love that. Oh, she is she close to her? I mean, the Newark people. I mean, oh the yeah, motherland. yeah, yeah. Oh, I mean, if there's I didn't any, know Connie Francis is from Newark. Oh yeah, yeah. that's abs- absolutely. I guess I I just assume everybody comes from New York. I yeah, see of course, maybe the, right? the, the, yeah, of course. the listeners are right. See, okay, seven one eight nine one seven two one two. Yeah, two one two. Yeah. Can well, I say something also in closing? Yeah. A lot of people. Number one, if you want to support the tremendous work Vanessa has done, right? She walked away from a fantastic career at PepsiCo to do this for her and for us. And the way that you inspire and support that decision is going out and buying uh-huh. her album. Thank you. Yeah. Now, really I don't know amazing. how you buy albums today because I only know LPs <laughs> and CDs. That's how do they go out and buy this? Well, you can actually buy a physical one if everybody still has CD players at my shows or at Amazon Music. Like You can get it shipped from Amazon. But it's also available you know, to buy digitally through Amazon Music, Spotify, Pandora. Like Honestly, iTunes, wherever there's music, you know, it'll be distributed there. So you can find it. Jazzy Italian. And to people who run Italian-American events, make an investment in Vanessa, have a a fundraiser for your club or for your organization, have her come perform at your feast. And when you do see the brilliant talent that she is, and God bless you, Vanessa, you are spectacular, your investment will pay back many times over. And people will be going, when are you selling the tickets for next year? Because we have to invest in our artists, the people who make us who we are, who celebrate who we are, people like Vanessa. So Vanessa is the home run of home runs. I'm sure they can find you online. Yeah. Thank you so much for saying that, Pat. That was amazing. Um, But VanessaRacci.com, V-A-N-E-S-S-A-R-A-C-C-I.com. And we will uh, absolutely be doing everything we can to come out and support and and, uh, try to be part of the show. I mean, a great venue like Birdland, what a great place to do it. And uh, Vanessa, would you mind? I know, you know, you know, like you said, it's your career. We don't want to give away the product, but would you mind if we uh, if we closed out? Can we do uh, a duo? Because I'm I am a musician. (laughs) I'm Mike Kazoo. Uh, you haven't heard his kazoo You You think that would work? Can you? The question is, can you do it? I can't make her sing over that. All right. I get the hint. I'm going to stop now. All right. I'll leave you to be desired. I'm going to let you go on stage with you one day to do a duet. We could make it work. But for this episode. That would be fun. Why not? People would love it. I'm putting my American made gazoo away as we speak. My Stradivarius of gazoos, I'll have you know. And now we can, and Vanessa can sing us off air. Vanessa, did you uh, did you play? I I was out in Italy. Did you play at the San Gennaro this year? I was, yeah, I was at San Gennaro with my band. So for the first time ever, we actually sponsored the main stage, and I, I, I saw that. Thank you, yeah. thank you so yeah, much. Yeah, no, yeah, I couldn't be around, but uh, I'm looking forward to if we can continue to garner the same financial support that that we are getting, and uh, and can pass some of it along to community events and stuff. Uh, I, I I I have this frustrated promoter in me as you remember from my NIAF days so I look forward to getting more activated on it in the future because I, I think it's a great great place for uh, for our community No I appreciate that and you helped enable to do exactly what 
what Pat said to pay pay more for the entertainment. So thank you, <laughs> I appreciate that. Yeah, I hope it was a good, I hope it was a good feast. I hate to miss it. But, yeah. Uh, I'm sure I have plenty of excuses to see you and see you perform like coming up on October 23rd in Birdland and beyond. And and you can visit uh, Vanessa's site and see wherever she's going to be around the country because she is a, a great traveler and a, and a dedicated Italian American. So and follow me on Instagram. <laughs> yes, follow on Instagram. What's the handle? Uh, Vanessa Racci, V-A-N-E-S-S-A-R-A-C-C-I. Made it, made it nice and easy. So yeah, yeah follow Vanessa and uh, you'll know whatever whatever is going on in her uh, increasingly busy career so congratulations on see because you want to go off of behind the thing no because uh, i'm so looking congratulations. at my, what, instagram i'm following instructions now see i got yelled at <laughs> thank you i'm teasing you yeah sure you tease me you're sticking me in front of a firing squad on mulberry street <laughs> so vanessa really congratulations on the on the early success of the album i'm sure it's going to continue to go even uh higher and higher so thank you we're John. looking forward to hearing it and uh Good to spend some time together today. Likewise, thank you both so much. This was amazing. Appreciate it. Sing us off air, Vanessa. Oh, gosh. yeah. You want to sing us off I'm air? I'm not even like warmed up, but let me do it. <laughs> if it's not you, it's going to be me with the kazoo again. So <laughs> yeah. I could do a jazz album with the kazoo. First of all, I would pay to hear your kazoo jazz album. That'd be amazing. <laughs> that may be our next project. And uh, as we put the pressure on, we said in the beginning, she's an entertainer and she's going to entertain us on our way out. Ladies and gentlemen, we hope you enjoyed. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week. All right, here we go. We're going to do a little Neapolitan tune. Pena namorada, te voglio bene, tanto, tanto bene. Lontano a dire un po' so chiù campano.